You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle, where we get together with some great friends, other entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and people who can inspire those of us reaching or in retirement and looking to start a business. So our guest today is someone we have known very many years, originally from across um, the other side of the world in Australia, now living in the UK, (laughs) and a very good friend of ours who has huge experience in the entrepreneurial and business world. So who better to speak with you today? Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, if you go down to Rye and keep going, you know. (laughs) We we know it well. (laughs) Turn left at Cape Town, you know, and you'll, you'll eventually get there, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story, and I'm sure I'm sure our listeners and yeah. viewers will probably find this amusing. As a young child, my mum, who actually has dementia, she recalls things from a long time back, and she was telling us the other day how she remembers me as a child taking her wedding dress, which we had in a dressing up box, and digging a big hole at the end of the garden and to get through to Australia. <laughs> with it and I was going to bury it in there for some bizarre reason how how deep how deep a hole did you dig well I just kept digging and I kept I remember saying to my parents I don't seem to be getting there I don't don't quite understand it but you don't as kids do you and no no, you don't and I think that's something about when you get a little older you have those memories of things and they're the memories and things you want to pass on um, yeah. Other people. So, yeah. Just, yeah. just Unbe- a little Unbe- Unbelievably, unbelievably. So, well, you, you almost got there. That's the main thing. That's, that's you didn't. That's, you were trying. So you were trying. Yeah. That's the point, and I think that's the same about anything, even in business. You've got to try, otherwise, you're never going to yeah. get there, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. what's your background then, Andrew? Uh, oh, okay. The the whistle stop tour. I started out as a school teacher. Believe it or not. Um, I, I trained with the Victorian Education Department in Australia. Victoria is one of the states. We have counties in the UK. Well, in, this, in Australia, they have states. So I trained as a school teacher and I taught for 10 years. Uh, and I taught in a remote country school with lilies when, it, when a man could actually work with small children and it'd be a, an honourable thing. Yeah. You know, it's just how far we've come in that many years, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I was a very small country school. And uh, I did achieve long service leave. But when I did my university degree, I studied in reading psychology and I was surfing and I was playing in a band and I was also working on the student newspaper for the university, which I kept doing. And I thought, I'm going to start a newspaper, a surfing newspaper, and 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 I'm going to start on my three months a music newspaper. Um, And uh, by accident, I found myself in competition with Rupert Murdoch. Right, because I did it was like a gig guide, right? And um, anyway, Rupert won. Just so you know, okay, Rupert won. He, <laughs> I, I was punching, I was punching well above my weight with that one, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, uh, I, that almost killed me. Um, I stupidly resigned. Uh, it's funny. I went to a a, a fifty uh, a, a high school reunion, right? And the, with some people I've known for 50 years, which that in itself is weird. But um, 
but most of them were all retiring. They're all retiring school teachers have been headmasters and that, and they were asking, have you retired? No, I haven't retired yet. Um, and that probably would have been my history. Had I stayed, I would have gone through the school system and retired on a massive pension and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, anyway, the, the newspaper almost killed me, almost killed me, because it was just all-consuming, 14-hour days, seven days a week. Um, you know, it was all about the money. It was constantly that chase. And then I had it, but I had a young family and I thought I had one of those crossroad moments where is it the money or my values? And I thought the, the family values said, no, this is going to kill my family. It's going to destroy my marriage. It's, I'm not going to see my kids. I used to surf. I used to do martial arts. I do none of that anymore. Right. Um, and so I started a family friendly uh, ad agency. And so I was a copywriter. And I took my degree in reading psychology. I, I, I took what I'd learned from doing newspaper ads because I thought, oh, I'm really good at it. What was the stuff that worked out of that? And I transferred those skills out of that into something new. And, and if we're talking about retirement, a big mistake I often see is people try and do things they've got no track record or form or skill in and then wonder why it goes pear-shaped. So in each case, everything is an iteration on what I'd done previously. And I took, what did I learn from that that I can take into the next thing? What's the best? Cherry pick the best things into the next thing. So I started this family uh, family-friendly ad agency where I could drop my kids at school, I could pick them up after school, I could go to sports days, I could work on tuck shop, I could do reading duty, I could do all of that stuff. Uh, I could take uh, my wife out for, a, for lunch and not worry about it. And so that was really good. And then this ad agency grew and people said, how, how have you done this? We started winning awards. And so I had more and more people saying to me, um, how did you manage to do that? And a friend of mine said, I think you'd make a good business coach. I said, well, what's that? And they said, well, it's what you're doing now, except you get paid to do it, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> right? So it was because I knew how to grow a business. I knew how to take an idea and grow a business, right? Uh, I knew sort of like the knit one, pearl two, as my grandma would say, right? Knit one, pearl two. Andrew, just follow the recipe, right? Don't, don't, don't deviate. So I knew how to grow businesses and, and I was helping people do that. And a side, a side of that was that in, in, as well as doing ads, I was also doing a lot of strategic stuff. So I'm thinking, well, this is a great idea. Why did it work for this guy? And the same I didn't, didn't work for that guy. And so as a result of that, I went back to university as a mature age student and I completed my industrial organizational psych degree, which was real, probably the toughest thing I've ever done. It was, they certainly didn't give it away. Uh, it's one of those things that from the very first lecture to the last one, I loved everything about it because I think I was mature enough to understand what they were saying and apply that, right? And then I went out into, started working with risk and consequence environments, heavy regulators, so leaders in regulated industries uh, where there's a risk and a consequence. And then I thought, oh, that works really well. I wonder if I could just dial that sideways for entrepreneurs and people in less onerous environments. And so it went from being a business coach to more leadership mentoring. And that's sort of the journey. So wow. that's the what journey I've been on. What a history. Yeah. But actually what you said is absolutely right because, you know, for us coming out of 20 odd years working in accountancy and management consultancy, but in a niche yeah. Um, area in vet veterinary uh, medicine, um, helping those businesses. When we made that shift, 
it was very easy for us to know and understand business and that we were going to start a new business as our on-call yeah. career, building an online business and teaching others how to do it. So we came with that experience. But we, funnily enough, we didn't click that particular thing at the first moment we did it. But our, our mentor, who was just a, a young 27-year-old, said to us at the time, he said, we're really struggling with this. We don't, we don't get it. We're trying to do all the stuff everyone else is doing. And he said... What do you think is your one talent that stands above everything else that you see out there? And we went, our oh, background. <laughs> and that was it. And from there on yeah. in, that's what we focused on with people we talk to. We make it very clear we're teaching them to run a business. Um, yeah. It's not some <coughs> a hobby, which a lot of them, unfortunately. Yeah. So in your case, in your case, you're taking, you're coming out of a very disciplined area as well, right? I mean, it's 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 weird, but but uh, most of my stuff, and I'm just proving this is actually a real background, okay? It's not one of those. It's not one of those green screen backgrounds. I actually went and got something. Um, one of the big things I learned very early in my career, uh, first business I had went really really pear shaped. It was just awful and and a friend of mine said you know you should understand management accounts and business plans right so i ended up writing a book called how money flows through your business oh, wow right which is a in plain english it just explains management accounts and why they're so important and most people you know even if they're in retirement i talk to so many people who don't get the money piece so you know the other book i wrote was manage and multiply your money yeah. It's just so you can understand how the money piece works, right? The retirement thing, uh, and you, you mentioned that we, we did a book, we had an outing called Retire Inspire, there right? No. There it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you guys are, where are we? Yeah, there we are. Look, there they are. Yeah, there they are. I know, there, yeah. <laughs> there they are, yeah. Um, I, I think the thing that I see, uh, uh, you said something to, which is really interesting, right? It's you're taking a discipline, and you're applying it to something new, and and your discipline has rigor to it. So management accounts has a rigor to it, right? And that's the thing that that you know I, I talk to people who are coming out of policing, wanting to go into private enterprise, or you know they want to go in, start leave the police force, and start their own business, right? Yeah. And they say, oh, we've only ever been a cop. I said, but you've got the best advantage because you've come out of an environment that has discipline and a lot of rigor, and that actually puts you ahead of the curve. But the, the key they tend to miss around the retirement piece is that there's a wonderful book called What Colour Is My Parachute by a guy called Peter Bowles, B-O-L-L-E-S. Yeah, I've seen and it. Yeah, the, yeah. the one thing I take from that was he said is, whatever you're doing now, you're doing something and you're using skills. Identify what skills they are, those are and transfer those into your next thing. Uh, and I think every bit of research I've read on starting a business in retirement is for God's sake, don't do something you've never done. Like for example, I knew people who had a, a very successful hairdressing business who went into the food game. It, it, you know, it was a disaster from the day one because they just didn't understand food. Right. So yes, you can transfer what you, their argument was, we know how to run a business, but do you know how to run a food business? And, and they're very different animals here. You know, the beauty industry is very different to the, to the hospitality industry. So 
that was that was probably one of the big tips that came out of this book for most people. Yeah. Definitely, and I, and I was thinking, well, you know, I've read it cover to cover, and I've inter we've interviewed some of the the authors for yeah. each chapters, um, and it was interesting because every single one of them is coming from where you're saying they're taking something they've done for most of their life, their career. Yeah. Uh, or their um, corporate position, yeah. and they've turned those skills and knowledge into um, yeah. a business that is either full-time or part-time, or just because they don't want to sit around doing nothing when they get to that certain age. You know, we're, yeah. we're looking now at people that are approaching us, and they are lost they're like, well, what do I do? I have two problems. One, I'm bored out of my brain because I'm used to doing stuff all day and I'm used to the discipline of an, and a structure to each day. To those who are, oh my goodness, I've realized that I actually, based on projections of how long I'm going to live, I don't think I'm going to have enough money coming in to fulfill daily life let alone the luxuries yeah. so we have these two juxtapositions um and it's it's quite interesting when we go through asking the questions of our clients and who want to work with us and often the two of them come together so i guess you must have found that when you were writing the book and putting these people together yeah i mean it's it you, you you raise quite a lot of issues there i mean uh, i mean the one the one there's one about fear yeah. Right. And I've got nothing to do. Um, well, you're doing something with your time. Right. So what are you doing with your time? So a lot of times, you know, I'll get clients to do basic thing like a time audit. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're full time employed or retired. What are you doing with your time? Right. Um, I raise the issue about values. And this is something I got from your story. You come out of this really disciplined environment. And one of the things, whether you've identified or not, is how can I be a lot more selective about what I'm doing? So you actually got, you took your skill set and made it sharper or smarter. So, for example, one of the things that I'm saying, and you either you either get that lesson or it gets given to you. You either get a, a tap on the shoulder or you get the Mack truck version of that one, right? So I had an accident where I'm on my back for, for I could only work two hours a day and for three months, right? So two hours a day, but over three months period. Um, so I'm only can work a third of the third of a time a day, right? But the bills didn't drop by two thirds, and <laughs> they stayed at hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I, in a sort of way, I got the Mac truck version where I had to think, well, how do I use my time? How do I be more selective? And as I've gotten older, for example, uh, I work with less people. But one of the skills I talk to people about is get really, really super focused on what your own skills are. But who exactly do you want to work with? Who, who do you want to deliver value to? It, it raises this issue. And I wonder if people can think about this one. What's the goal of business? If you're thinking of starting a business, what's the goal of business? What do you think? What's the goal of business? From an accounting perspective to be profitable and to be solving a problem that somebody yeah. has and is willing to pay for yeah so a lot of confusion comes into people's lives the goal of business straight up and down you'll get this as an accountant the goal of business is to make money period right now if you're in doubt of that ring up the hmrc and ask them <laughs> what's, what's the goal of business i'll make money why so we can tax you right yeah so that's the goal of business right but 
a lot of people confuse the purpose of business and the purpose is to deliver on your values, deliver value to someone else. And, and it, 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 it's incumbent on you to find out what is the value that I want to give to people. And more often than not, people don't know what, what value, the mountain of value, you've probably heard Dan, my son Dan talks about the mountain of value, the mountain of value that you're sitting on. And the reason you can't see it is because you're sitting on it, right? Because you can't actually see the value. It's only when you get perspective and when you work with someone like yourself where you actually say, okay, we've got a process to actually get you to stand back from it and see where's the value being delivered. And the crazy thing is, uh, it doesn't have to be a great idea. It really doesn't. And uh, it, it just has to be an idea. And I often say to people, in fact, look, you know, I, I like books. I wrote a book called Starting, right? Yeah. And, and the thing was this was, you might have a good idea for a business, but have you got a good business for the idea? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right? So the thing is, the idea for the business is only just one part of it. And, and you know, I spoke to, in researching that book, I spoke to lots of VCs and angel investors and bank yeah, bank managers and things. What, you know, why would you invest in this thing? And you know what? They pretty much ask about the same nine questions over and over again about an idea. The idea for the business is only one of those questions. But then they'll say, who's this for? So what's your idea for the business? Who's this for? Exactly. And they say exactly. And COVID has taught us you've got to be really exact. You can afford to, be, to niche right down now, right? Oh, it's for everybody. No, it's not for everybody. Right. So I've learned, for example, uh, most of my clients are doing at least a million pounds revenue turnover. Right. And I say that up front. If you're not doing a million pounds, I, I really can't help you much. I can give you some ideas, but it's not, oh, but we can afford your time. I said, it's not the time, it's can you afford to implement what I'm telling you is yeah. the real issue. Right. So, you know, what's your idea? Who's it for? Who do you need on your team to execute this? What's your go-to-market strategy? What are you going to sell and what's it, what's the price point? Do the numbers stack up? What's the business model? What systems do you need? And we're living in an era of compliance and regulations. And I've come out of that regulatory background, right? So compliance and regulations, most people don't even understand whatever they're doing, there's regulations, trust me, around it. Yes. And you should have insurances for those if nothing else, right? Professional indemnity insurance. So that's what I covered off in this book, those nine big... The, the big question is why? Why do you want to do it? Why are you doing this business? And again, this was a point that came out of this book is, you know, I want to retire. I want to do something. You said, oh, we want to start a business. Why? Oh, because I'm running out of money. Well, that's a good motivator, right? But that'll force you to do things that, oh, I, oh what's the thing that's making money? Let's jump on that. That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem that we see. And we have to fight that because yeah. it's so appealing. The shiny object is uh, so appealing yeah. to people. And, you know, we have to come from, if that's what you want, then we're not the people for you because we do not endorse that. Uh, and, and trust me, there are some very, very clever, smart, shrewd people who just see you coming a mile off of it. And their job is to part you from your money. Of course. And especially in our industry, in affiliate uh, marketing, it's, it's yeah. rife that unfortunately but there are good guys and the yeah. problem is is sifting through the overwhelm of content that's disseminated through the internet thank goodness that we have it 
to find yeah. out who are the people to trust. And that's your whole yeah. focus of your business is to build yeah. that trust. Well, I've seen people in retirement say, oh, Bitcoin, crypto. I said, I have you got a background in that? No. Are you an investor? No, you're not. Why would you even entertain that, right? Mm. And, and, you know, like we, we, uh, the last 12 months, the rise in scams yeah. globally has been off the Richter scale. Right. Yeah, just absolutely. I mean, I got I got a thing text yesterday from the HMRC saying, "Oh, there's a rebate. We need to yeah. click that." Yeah. I had a phone call from someone saying, "Your internet, your internet and phone have run out. You need to click yeah. here." Yeah, anything to part you from your money. Yeah. It's awful. Like my mum's, like that they're really honing in on, on older people, and it, mm. she gets calls from amazon they're not from amazon at all saying no, oh you no. spent this money all they want her to do is oh well, can you verify your credit card information it. and it's it. like yep. now we've taught her to say a very rude word and put the phone <laughs> no. down um, no. and she's got it um but we have actually yeah. managed to find a yeah. certain will come and deal with so, so I think if if I'm recapping it anywhere here, number one, I would say uh, my first priority would be figure out your values. That would be the number one thing that I tell people. What are your values, right? So for me, family, I got that lesson early, family values. Um, you know, what's wrong with this picture? I'm making a lot of money, but I'm arguing with my wife all the time and I'm not seeing my kids, right? And there was one time where I had an argument with my wife where I'm saying, I've got to go because it's a lot of money, a lot of money. She says, you're an idiot. And so my advice is listen to your wife. If you've got a wife, they're smarter than us guys, okay, right? Um, you know, they're, they're, they just know what's what, right? But no, I knew better. But it was stupid because, you know, it was, it was, it, it's not, you do have choices. You can configure the game any time you want, but configure it around something important like your values, right? Um, secondly, the goal is to make money. How much money do you want to make? Because there's any number of ways to do that. But I think for me, for retirement, I, you said people get lost. Um, so I wanted to throw a diagram up so we can give as much value. Can I throw a quick diagram oh, up here? Thank you'll, you. you'll find this incredibly useful to think about because this is, when I'm listening to people professionally, where do they get stuck? I'm listening for where's the problem exactly, right? So a lot of people um, will just put word circumstances, environment. For example, I'm getting a lot of people, my clients haven't been, oh, why was me the COVID bug? They're saying, oh, my goodness, this is an opportunity that's just going to go nuts once we come out of lockdown. Can we scenario plan the circumstances or the environment when we come out of it, right? But there's a lot of people who say, they're dictated by circumstances. I won't do anything until this COVID thing's over. Yeah. Or I won't do anything until Bitcoin's proved itself. Or, yeah. you know, and they're totally at the whim of what happens in their environment. Right. That's the first area. Up from that, people say, what should I be doing? And when you use the word do or doing, you're talking about behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And behaviors, the best person to help to help you there is a coach because a coach historically looked at your behavior and tweaked it so i used to teach uh, i used to be in uh, life-saving and i would teach nippers what we call nippers little kids how to swim and so we would coach him on the stroke to use in surfing how to dive under a wave how to surf along the literal current on the on the beach in australia it made sense to teach young children how to swim in surf right yeah. if you live on the beach and so coaching is you're observing something and then tweaking it, right? But what are you tweaking exactly? If, if the behaviours aren't working, you go up to the next level, which is skills, skills and capabilities, Yeah. right? 
And really there, it's I'm teaching you, if I'm teaching you something, if I'm giving you an upgrade, in, if you're saying, I want to start a business, what skills do I need to be? You need to go off and do courses and get training. And this is why the courses you offer, you're giving them skill development so that they can then exercise those behaviours so they can be more successful in the environment. Yeah. So it's crazy to go into this environment if you don't have the, the behaviours or the skills to do it. Perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, now, this is the way that most people operate is they will sell you skills training and there's a lot of skills training or behavior training to change your circumstances, right? And this, if you like, says that the skills is, is, is really the question you'll hear around behaviors is what? What should I be doing? But the question you hear about skills, you know you're dealing with a skills issue. If they say, how should I be doing this? Chris and Susan, how should I be doing? See, they're telling you they need skills, right? How do I meditate is a skills question. How do I, how do you do the mindfulness thing? And I would say your number one priority is you retire your health, right? Don't say, I'll make the money. Then No, make health your priority. Health is, you, you know, when you get to a certain age, <laughs> you can't be knocking on an empty oh, tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to, have, you've got to have miles. You've got to have energy to go in here. So, so, you know, uh, what do I, what am I doing with my health? If I'm sitting around, that's what I'm doing. That's the behavior. So this is not going to be impacted. And you've just become very skilled at being confused and sitting around watching reruns of Line of Duty or uh, or The West Wing. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a PhD and sitting on your pat. Yeah. Right? So you've got to go up from that. And this is where you guys, and from what I've seen you guys, you go up to the next level. You take them up to the next level. And it really is... Um, if you like, and this is where I got kicked in, is beliefs and values. Yeah. Yes. See, and that is why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to make more money? Why do I want those skills? Why should I be using those skills? What you know? Why should I be doing that? So you, you're now tapping into beliefs and values. And when you get into that level, really what's happening is you're being mentored. A mentor is someone who doesn't necessarily go down and, tweak your behaviors or teach your stuff but they alter your mindset and i would say that the benefit that you're giving people is firstly let's fix your mindset and notice that mindset is driving that and shaping that a lot more powerfully than skills absolutely yes right so it cascades down from there now above that right is identity and identity is who am i i'm lost i don't know what to do I don't know what to do. So the key word here is I am or I am not. Okay. See, I'm no good. So it's an identity issue. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Is I don't know what behaviours I should be doing. Well, learn some skills and shake that up. But you can't. So a lot of people get skill training, but if they don't change their identity or the beliefs, this becomes actually fruitless for most people. Yes. And this is why they don't get the results that they want because there's no substance on the top end. It's not being challenged. It's not being shaped, right? And sitting above that is probably the most powerful one, right? And, uh, and identity is really about a guide. Yeah, I'm really guiding you. I'm shaping you, right? It's, it's you know, it might be a therapist, but the, you're being guided in your identity, right? Young people need guidance, mm. Get it? We say, oh, they need guidance. That's shaping their identity, right? With my daughter, for example, right, we shaped her values. 
we guided her on what values with my son. We guided him on what values to have around business. The skills part and the behaviours part, they fixed themselves, but they were coming from that place. Yeah. Got it? So a lot of retired people have said, I've got a skill set I can't use anymore. They haven't done any work up here. That's exactly right. Yep. You got it. Absolutely spot on. So the top is intention. And the intention part is always a lot bigger than yourself. And, you know, um, you know I've, I've uh, uh, been in uh, rehab as an observer and then I, I went into rehab in, uh, in Sydney thinking I was, because I'm doing my psych degree, right? And I'm thinking I'm there to observe. No, they have none of that. <laughs> you're, you're just as addicted as us Andrew and so you had to join in and it was just absolutely wonderful right but a big part of that is the 12 steps program it's you know it's bigger than me you're right um, intention is always a lot bigger than you right so for example um, uh, I, I, until recently I was a chairman for children's charity and the intention is to is to safeguard the welfare of vulnerable children and over COVID Domestic violence globally has gone off the Richter scale. And for the first time ever, children have been on the front line of the receiving end of that, right? So the intention was to make sure that our charity was safeguarding the welfare of children. See, that intention is a lot bigger than myself, right? If you start a business, what's the intention of this business that's a lot bigger than just paying my bills? So paying my bills, can you see how that's driven by circumstance? Yeah. Oh, what if I run out of money? So you're describing the environment, right? And listen to the phrase, what if I run out of, of money? From a clinical perspective, what we call that is anticipatory anxiety. It's, it's future pacing, something bad's going to happen. The what if question always is, is the precursor to anxiety. Yes. What if, what if I do this? What if you're, see how you're future pacing, scenario planning, how it's going to go badly. You got it? Depression is usually about remorse over or sadness over what's happened, but anxiety is usually future pacing your fear. And it's usually saying my perceived ability to cope is at an all-time low. You're not going to fix that by just running in and spending a whole lot of your cash on cryptocurrency. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with crypto if you know what you're doing. But if you don't, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So go, oh, but, what, but what if I miss the boat? See, hear the anxiety? What if, what if I don't start? Well, you'll never miss the boat. Where did that come from? That's a belief. You never miss the boat is a belief. It's a value. You know, I'm a worthwhile person. My intention, my identity is I'm rock solid. You get it? Yeah. And the intention is to deliver value to the world. My goal is to make money, but my purpose is a lot bigger than everything. So, where we find when I'm coaching people and working with people, particularly execs, is I'm working on the top end down from the intention downwards. It just cascades down naturally. But a lot of stuff that's out there is says it comes to the thing, oh, if you want blah, 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 result, result, yeah. result, you've got to buy our tools and yeah. pick up the school things so you can do. They they jump it around you, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but there's no intention and yeah. no right mindset. Yeah. This is this is a whistle stop tour of this, but it's brilliant. But, it's yeah. absolutely brilliant, Andrew. Thank you. Really appreciate really, that. Really, really appreciate it. Our listeners that. will certainly appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, um, viewers. Absolutely. So I guess one question I'd like to ask you from that. Yeah. And it goes back to the book. Okay, the book. Yeah. 
what was your intention what was your intention when you decided to focus on what you saw happening around retirement and the forthcoming number of people who are about to retire the baby boomer market well well i think i think that's i think that's one of the things we said uh, right at the very very start that we're in a where i think since 2016 we've had a a Guinness Book of Record for people retiring every single day is a new Guinness World Book, Guinness Book of Records World Record for yeah. people retiring, right, at, at the age. But people are living longer. We are healthier, right? Um, and the thing that, I, that worries me is the money piece. Most people do not manage their money well, right? They don't look after that. And they are having to do something in their retirement, right? And you, But the point is you do have cho- choices. That's a mindset thing. Right. Um, for me, it was selfish because I'm at retirement age, obviously. Right. Um, no, I, my my role models were people who were working well into their late 90s. Right. So my grandma was still working effectively into her 90s. My dad worked well into his late 80s. My mum was still working well into her late 80s. Retirement just wasn't. Yeah, I dialed it back a bit, but I'm still being useful. So the thing was, how do I how do we take. The, and the, the working for a company for 40 years, those days have d- definitely gone, right? So the question is, how do I still deliver value? And so I wanted to talk to people who were either retiring or had retired and then done it well. And what can I learn from that? Because uh, retirement's not something you should do on your own. And should It's like anything. Um, you know, my, I'm probably my next business for coaching will be retirement coaching. Yes, yeah. perfect. Right. Uh, how to retire well. And it's not just a selfish thing, I've retired a lot of money, but how do I, uh, again, the psychology thing, Eric Erickson, not Milton Erickson, the hypnotist, but Eric Erickson was a guy who talked about generativity and he talked about, if you like, legacy. And when you know the intention, and I wish this model was mine, it's a guy called Robert Diltz who created this. You can search, there's a lot of videos by Robert Diltz on this particular model. So I wish I'd invented it, but but Eric Erickson said that people who are self-centered and selfish, and it's all about me, he said the termination point for that is you reflect with despair. You then are more think, I wasted my life. I've wasted my time. And it's, it's a tsunami of research globally that is culturally robust around the planet. When you are a self-centered person, it's all about yourself you tend to become very insular and isolated. Right? And subsequently, you end up in what he called despair, which is, did I waste my life, right? Um, the opposite of that, and this is most people I know, the older you get, the, I'm noticing with my grandkids how, how quick the time goes, how precious the moments are, how the little things, like my son says to me, Dad, I cannot believe you spent the afternoon digging for worms with your granddaughter. And I said, yeah, yeah, it was such fun. But those things are incredibly precious, right? And it's all about the value that you deliver. So Erickson said the flip side to this self-centeredness is is this idea of legacy. How do I be of more value, right? So you see it's the top end of the the discussion again. What's my intention is to deliver value? So the question is, how do I want to show up and deliver value that's a lot bigger than me. And, and, you know, God knows you can make a business out of any damn thing. 
You really can't, right? Just off your wisdom. There's an audience for anything. I would say that you guys are like front and centre, the guys to talk to, because the tool of choice has to be the internet, how to leverage your value, how to explain your value, how to articulate it. Um, Jay Abraham, not a friend, but an acquaintance. You know, Jay Abraham, the the most successful marketing guy on the planet. Uh, In the 90s, I got to hang out with Jay Abraham and Michael Gerber, believe it or not, right? And I said to Jay once, what's the secret? You get paid all this money as an Australian can. You get paid all this cash, this water cash, uh, Jay. What's the secret to it? He He said, in all honesty, he said, the number one thing, he says, most people can't identify or articulate their value. That's why I get paid a lot of money. I just paid. I get paid to help flush out where the value is being delivered. You get it? And he said, I find the narrative for that. So you guys, I mean, you must have seen it. You're doing stuff with at that the, the coalface of the internet. But but the, the internet's just a toolkit. Yep. How do you want to use it? Now, that's interesting because we remember when we first met your son, Dan, when he first yeah. came to the UK, he yeah. he was just like arrived with the suitcase and the credit cards. We know the story intimately. But when he went on to write The Key Person of Influence, yeah. we absolutely got it. We knew at, at that point we were still yeah. running our management consultancy business, but we had this idea in mind of what we would do yeah. for our encore career because we just didn't see yeah. retirement as being anything we wanted to do and he wrote in the book I wish I'd got it out I will go and find it he wrote in it who we were and internet definitely was the words that he added on yeah. the end of who we yeah. were and what we were going to yeah. do and, and anything Dan writes is good it's not as good as that but it's I pretty good. That. I have to get that now. Can you hold it up a bit more? So yeah, yeah, it's called starting, on. yeah. Starting, right. Okay. Yeah, but I'll, Dan's, I'll make sure I put a link to that in the article. I think I, the thing I like about Dan's books is Dan's written a series of books for people who are pre-VAT. So there's a there's there's a if you're if you haven't pushed through if you haven't invoiced eighty five thousand plus in the UK I'm talking about and I'm sure you've got clients worldwide but wherever whatever the tax thresholds are in your jurisdiction but in the UK it's eighty five thousand if you're still under that threshold the first books were really about how to build a business that that really goes seed fifty thousand up to about eighty five thousand push through that and then the other books take you from eighty five thousand up to your first three hundred thousand. And then the ones after that take you from 300,000 plus. So it's, and that's probably consistent. Um, and, you know, people say, oh, where'd you get that from? And, you know, uh, something whenever, wherever I work and I work with people globally, right, I always go to either their government resources or I go to their banking resources. So this is from the Houses of Parliament, right? And the Houses of Parliament put out a, a report every, on the 16th of December every year in the UK on business statistics, and they tell us that there are 5.9 million businesses, the living wage is 30,000, the VAT is 85,000, and 300,000 is 75% of UK businesses have revenues less than 300,000. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they employ less than three staff. Uh, 20% of UK businesses have revenues between 300,000 and 2 million. And then 4% of UK businesses have revenues between 2 million and 8, and it's dropping off rapidly. But 80% of this number have revenues less than the VAT. It's true. Yeah, it's very right? true. 
So, but the point is, in this country, you can have a nice lifestyle on somewhere between forty and sixty thousand—a very nice exactly. lifestyle. Exactly. Right. It doesn't have to be mega three hundred thousand. Exactly, and it's the and same would... worldwide. Everyone we talk to, it doesn't matter what country, whether it's Australia, America. Yeah. yeah. That is the. Let's say what they want. They're not looking for anything. No. No, no. If I can get a lot of them, if I can get five thousand dollars a month or that's, the equivalent, that's mate, mate, if you could make five hundred pounds extra a month, exactly, that's, that that is a game changer. That's six grand a year extra. Exactly, and that's yeah. the market we're trying to target yeah, yeah, to, and yeah. we feel that we can. Yeah. So people say to me these numbers. Oh, I want to do thirty thousand a month. Why? Exactly. Why? Why do you want to do? So just out of interest, what's the intention of thirty thousand a month? Exactly. And, and oh yeah but gee business is hard what's their identity yeah. oh i can't do that i don't believe i can see i want the result but i don't believe i need to do any work up here change i can tell you I, I can tell you with certainty whatever goal you set for yourself you will always fall short of it so set a big one for a start off but have incredibly good intentions identity and belief make sure that lines up with the result that you're trying to achieve if it's inconsistent I can predict your infra struggle. Well, I think this is the absolute best place that we can let you go now. You have delivered such amazing (laughs) value to our listeners and viewers. And we cannot thank you enough for joining us today. We hope we can get you back again and maybe do something a bit more in depth. Part two. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and listen, I'm talking to you now. You're watching this, okay? These these are the guys you need to check in with. You need I'm I'm talking to you and you. Yeah, I'm looking. Oh, you are. Thank funny. you, Andrew. You thank, are. Funny. Thank you so, so much. So, thank you for everyone yeah. for tuning in, no watching, yeah. and listening to this episode of Living yeah. the Retirement Lifestyle. And we'll see you back soon. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. God bless. Bye. Cheers. Bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. 